Please pray with me. Dear Lord God, I pray that you would fall powerfully upon us this morning, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would be clearly present to us, Lord, and that you would um, put your words on my lips, Lord, and speak to our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so good to see you all today. You're looking very festive. Lots of reds out there. Well done. Anyone have any of these under their tree at this point? No? What, do you have this bowl in your stockings? Oh, man, come on. Somebody's got to have something like this under their tree. Yeah, that's right. Anyone uh, cracked one open yet? No? Time for confession. Well, um, our daughter, Ella, our youngest, she's three, and for the first year, she went to go buy Christmas presents. We sent her with a babysitter so that none of us would see what she got. She wanted to use her own money, so she went to the dollar store and went on the shopping spree. And so she had 19 people she was getting presents for. And so she was all excited. She's memorized what everyone is getting. And she is just so excited about what's in these packages. This one happens to be for me from her. And the other day, I came into the room, and she said, Dad, do you want to know what I got you? <laughs> and I said, yes, of course I want to know. And so she said, okay, and she ran over to it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And she's opening it. She's trying to open it up. And we're like, no, not yet, Ella. I want to know, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, sweetie. And, of course, what did she do at this point? Yeah, broke down. Totally broke down. Because she was so excited about showing me the present she had got, gotten. She wanted me to know what it was. But you know, us adults, we have to learn patience, don't we? Right? That's one of those lessons you learn during childhood is how to be patient, how to wait for those things. Because if you open it too early, then what happens on Christmas morning? Yeah, no surprise at all. And when there's no surprise, something has been taken away from you. That joy that you're about to share is gone. And so we learn patience over the years, and it's not easy because sometimes we crack into the present and we look and we have to fake it on Christmas morning. It's just not the same, is it? It's not the same as having that real surprise of what that person has prepared for you becoming real before your eyes. Now, I think something like this is happening in the gospel, or not in the gospel, but in the, the passage from the, the letter of James. Let me read the passage for you. It's really short. Be patient, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another, so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Now, in this passage from James... Uh, we are given some words about the return of Jesus at the second coming. And his words are to be patient, to wait for the Lord. This is a theme which does not occur just in James. It's been throughout the entire scriptures, this idea of waiting for the Lord, waiting for God to show up, waiting for God to intervene, waiting for God to make himself real in some experience you are in in your life, some challenge you are, you are facing, waiting for the Lord to show up for you. It's there all throughout scripture. There's a real need to wait for God, and the scriptures tap into that. The frustrating thing is that God never quite shows up when you want him to. Right? 
You've got this time in your mind when it's the perfect time for God to show up. He doesn't quite make it at the time, at that time most often. It seems he likes to be fashionably late, in my life at least. But I find that looking at it in retrospect, he shows up not necessarily when I want him to, but God shows up when he needs to show up. He shows up at precisely the right time. The time I wanted him to show up would not have been the right time. It would have been too early. I wouldn't have learned the lesson yet. But God waits until his timing to make himself real in your life and to expose himself. Now, in order to illustrate why we need to wait, James uses the image of a farmer who has planted seeds in the ground. The farmer knows that he needs to wait until the right time for the seeds to sprout. If they sprout too early, what happens? They freeze, that's right. And if they sprout too late, no crop, that's right. They won't get ripe. You all are very good horticulturalists. Very impressive. That's right. The seed shows us that God has a precise time for the way he works in our lives, too. He's not going to come too early, and he's not going to come too late. There is a specific time, which often is kind of mysterious to the farmer, right? He's never quite sure when the crops are going to come up, when those seeds will come out of the earth. But it seems that the seeds always know the right time to come out. In the same way, God is patiently waiting for his time to reveal himself at his second coming. And it's our responsibility as farmers to be patient and to wait for the Lord. More surely than the seeds sprouting in the spring, God will come again. Our responsibility is to wait for his return. Now in this waiting period, what are we to do? Well, according to James, we are to strengthen our hearts, to take heart. And also, we are to refrain from grumbling against each other. That's a piece of cake, right? You guys never grumble about each other, do you? I know in our house we never do. I wish that were true. Uh, no, it's so hard to. You know, when you're waiting for something important, it seems that everything gets put on edge, doesn't it? I mean, think, let's think of something really important. Like, anyone ever come out in front of a group of kids with a box of popsicles? What happens as soon as you do that? <coughs> Mobs, that's right. And the kids start, like, assaulting each other. It's like a feeding frenzy. You ever seen, like, sharks when they get, like, and they start biting each other accidentally and doing things like that? Yeah. You know, because they're so excited about this thing that is coming that they're unable to wait that final second where everyone could be, it could be distributed in order. They can't wait. There's just too much intensity, too much excitement. And the same thing happens to us as we wait for the Lord. Sometimes we get just a little too frenzied in that waiting. It gets a little too hard to wait that final moment. And we do things we wish we hadn't done. We're called to live our lives in the waiting in light of what is coming. To serve God with faithfulness and to love and care, care for those around us the way he loves and cares for them as well. Then James closes this passage by reminding us about the prophets. Now James reminding us about the prophets is kind of like your grandpa telling you how he used to walk to school. Did anyone's grandpa used to walk to school in the snow? Right? Uphill both ways. With, with what on his feet? Nothing on his feet. That's right. That's kind of like what James is doing when he reminds us of the prophets. Right? He says, remember the prophets. And when we remember the prophets, we remember Jeremiah, who was thrown in a well. 
right? Anyone been thrown in a well? No, but Jeremiah has, so we shouldn't be complaining, should we? Right, and then remember Ezekiel, eating bread cooked on dung. Right, that's a good one to remember when we complain. Or remember Hosea, who was called by God to marry a prostitute. Anyone done that? Wait, no hands. You don't need to And the worst thing about the Hosea thing was is that when his wife Gomer, the prostitute, went back into prostitution over and over again in their life, he had to buy her back out of it. Right? So there was the initial wife investment, and then over and over again, he had to buy her back out of prostitution. And so James says, remember the prophets. Remember these guys. Because you know what? They wanted God to show up in their lives too. You think Hosea was stoked every time he had to go buy his wife back? No, he was probably like, God, come back and save me. This is horrible. And Jeremiah in that well, everyone hated the guy. He wanted God to show up in his life too. But he had to learn patience. He had to learn to wait for the Lord patiently to show up. We do in the same way. We're called to wait, whatever our circumstances, to wait for the Lord, to be patient and to live faithful lives. Because God is coming. He is going to return. That is a reality. We then are to turn our hearts to him, to live in grace, being forgiving, and forgiving others. Now there are presents under the Christmas tree in our house, and maybe in yours too. And it's tempting to sneak a look or just go ahead and open them up early. But that kind of ruins the fun of the surprise. That giving in to the temptation to not wait steals the joy of the gift that's actually given. In the same way, Jesus is coming back, and we are called to be patient. So let's wait with eager anticipation <coughs> for the coming of our risen Lord. He will return at the proper time. And my prayer for us is that we'll be ready when he comes. And really, when it comes down to it, what option do we have otherwise? Right? Not waiting is really not an option. We can't give up the hope and just try to live life on our own and do things as though Jesus isn't coming back. Anyone ever tried that? I did. That's what my whole life was like before I knew Jesus. It was all about me fulfilling what Jesus was supposed to do in my life. It was about me being my own God. It was about me saving myself. And you know how well that worked for me? well at all. I came to the end of my rope and said, I can't save myself. I can't show up for myself. I fail every single time I try it. And I hurt other people and I hurt myself. And if I keep going down this track, there's nothing but death down there. Death and disappointment. And so I turned to Christ, just as we all have. That's why we're here. Because we've gone down that track of waiting for ourselves. We've gone down that track of being minor Christ. We've tried it, and we found that it leads nowhere. And so we're here today because we're all waiting on the Lord. We're waiting for him to show up in our lives. And our lives might be difficult. Today, it might have been the hardest day of your life. But let's look at the prophets, and let us wait patiently. Let us endure. Let us find God's grace in this moment. Let us love one another, encourage one another, challenge one another, lift one another up when we fall. No more grumbling, no more complaining. Rather, grace, may it flow from us as it has flowed into us by Jesus Christ.
and may we love one another with faithful hearts. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are coming back. Lord, we pray that you would come swiftly. Lord, we face adversity and challenge and difficulty in our lives, and we pray that you would come back and redeem us, Lord God. Lord, be present today. Help us through the challenges we face. May we know your grace. May we turn ourselves over to you, and may we love each other as you love us. I thank you, Lord, that you are coming back. Give us the patience to wait for you so that we can enjoy the surprise of your coming. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.